for doing that. Uh, are we having a good 2015 year so far? Good, good. I want to talk to you about something this morning, a desperate place. Will you say that with me? A desperate place. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. That hunger is it's, it's a craving. It's a, it's a famished situation, position. Blessed are those. Oh, what does blessed mean? Oh, what a happy man. Oh, what a happy person that, that individual is who thirsts and hunger for righteousness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Today I pray that you would speak to us, speak through me, God. Father, going into a new year, we want to just kind of start out on the right path, the right foot. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're here right now. I thank you that you want to touch lives. You want to save lives. There may be folks in here right now, this very moment, that they need to get their life right with you going into a new year. Not out of a resolution point, but out of a place of eternity. God, touch them right now. Touch families. Touch relationships. God, right now, I just ask that you would anoint this time in a beautiful fashion. Speak to every heart here in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. I had a conversation this week with a, a good friend of mine that used to go to church here. And um, he's probably, I don't know his title, I think it would be like a vice president of a really big national uh, corporation. And I uh, got to water baptize him maybe a couple of years ago, year and a half or so ago. And he had to move, he's moved to Arizona, then he had to move to California because of his job. And uh, when he moved to Arizona, he visited seven different churches before he got planted in a church. And I kind of coached him on that to some degree, you know, just go to a place where God wants you and get planted. So he went seven different churches before he got planted. And then he uh, had to uproot and go to California. And uh, he went to eight different churches there. And I just got to meet with him uh, this past week. And he was here uh, and his family over the Christmas uh, services. And, and I says, man, let me pick your brain for just a few minutes. He said some very interesting things. He's, he's sharp as a, as a, as a pen. And, and I said, uh, what, what causes you to stay at a church? What was it that, that drew you to the seventh church or the eighth church? And uh, I, I don't mean to blow our whistle as a church, it's just some things that he said. He says, Jail, when I first came to Heart of the City Church, my family and I literally felt a wind. It was like the wind of the Holy Spirit. It was the presence of God. At times, it felt like it would knock us over. We felt that presence and that wind once again over the uh, Christmas services while we were there. And, and what we were looking for was a church, a presence church, a church that you could actually experience the presence of God. He says, I believe that you can have a mountaintop experience every week. I said, wow. I said, what's that kind of look like? Talk to me about that. He says, J.O., said, he said, it's, it's a people who are desperate. A people who are desperate. That did something in my heart this week titled this the desperate place because if you are new to heart of the city church 
Welcome to a beautiful mess. That's what we are. We're a beautiful mess. We don't have it all together. We're, we're trying our best. We know that we, we do our best and let God do the rest. But welcome to the beautiful mess. Because we need God. We are desperate for God. Tell your neighbor right now, be desperate, my friend. I want to talk to you about desperation today and, and each one of us being desperate for the things of God. He said that finally the eighth church that he visited in California, they walked in and they felt the presence. They were like, wow, it about knocked us down. And he goes, we went to the 8.30 service and decided to go back to the 11 o'clock service. And, and he, he said that that's where he's, you know, they're planting. And he was kind of nervous to take his, his family, his parents, because they were going to be visiting, and he knew that. But the Lord spoke to him and says, I don't want you to protect your parents from me. So if you're new and you're like, oh man, that place, they kind of loud and they raise their hands. You know what he told me about that? I thought this was so beautiful. He says, J.O., in January, me and my wife has decided that we're going to raise our hands to the Lord in our desperation to him. I go, wow, what a beautiful plan. What a beautiful plan. So I want to talk to you today about desperation and being a beautiful mess. There's something beautiful about being desperate. There's something beautiful about a woman who's had a bleeding issue for 12 years and she drags her body on her hands and knees through a crowd just to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. That is desperation. When desperation and faith meets, all of a sudden, you could see a miracle. There's something beautiful about a beggar who's been blind all of his life, sitting on a curb, and he hears the, he hears the commotion and says, "Who? Wh wh what's going on? They said, oh, it's Jesus, and he begins to speak up. They try to shut him down. You know what he does? He gets louder. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me! And stops God in his path gets healed. There's something beautiful about a woman named Esther who says fast, fast for three days. I'm going to go before the king so that my nation can be saved. There's something beautiful. There's something beautiful about a woman walking into a, a house and let down her glory, her hair, and she drops to her knees and she begins to scrub the feet of Jesus and cry over them and take an alabaster and break it into places filled with their aroma. There's something beautiful about desperation. You know why? Because desperation doesn't care. We're not trying to be politically correct or dabble into religion. We're desperate for the presence of God. We need, we, we recognize that we need Jesus. Without him, we are nothing but with him. We can do all things. Everyone high five your neighbor and say desperate. Have you ever heard of, have you ever heard of the Owens Dictionary? Most, I don't think everybody, most people don't even know my name. They're just like, J.O., who's, who's Jonathan Owens? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was a chaplain for Harley Davis. They're like, Jonathan, we know J.O. Here's the Owens Dictionary. Someone who wants something so bad that they will do whatever it takes necessary to get it. That's desperate. 
I'm going to let you know right now, that's a great place to be. There's something absolutely so scary about being, it's all good. We're good. Listen to this scripture. We, we moved here, planted this church on a chapter in the Bible, Deuteronomy 8. I just want to read a few scriptures out of it because it says something in it that stuck out to me this week. First of all, if you ever want to read the chapter that we moved in, and actually there's a scripture in my, in, in my office on the wall, is Deuteronomy 8. If you have eyes to see, I think you'll see Coeur Lane in Deuteronomy 8. It's a beautiful chapter. And Deuteronomy 11 through, 19, 8, 9, uh, 11 through 19 says, Beware that you do not forget. Say that with me, forget. forget. Don't forget. The Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, His judgments, and His statutes, which I command today. At least when you have eaten and are full, and you've, look, you eat and you're full. Come on, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Just, just having a little fun. And you've built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold multiply, and all you have is multiply, when your heart is lifted up, Mark that spot. And you forget. Say that with me, forget. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, which he brought me out of the land of Egypt. What's Egypt mean to me? Out of the world. He brought me out of the world. From the house of bondage, he brought me out of major bondage. Am I preaching to the right people? Anybody else come out of the house of bondage? Who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which the fiery serpents and scorpions which are shadows to come, fiery scorpions and serpents in the New Testament could mean demonic images and so forth and so on. And thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flint. He brought water just like tap on a rock. Water comes out of a rock. Wow. Just amazing. God don't need no, he don't need nothing. I'll bring it out of a rock. Who brought water out of a flint, flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna. Somebody say well, manna. You know the definition of manna? What is it? What is it? What, cornflakes? What is that? What, what is it? Which your fathers did not know that he might humble you in the mighty test, uh, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and my might by my hand have gained the wealth. And you shall remember, say this with me, remember. You shall remember the Lord your God. Remember him. For it is he who gives you. You know why God wants to bless you? It's not a weird thing. It's biblical. Here, this is a rabbit trail. This is for, for free this morning. Why does he want to bless you? The blessed church gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to his fathers, and it is to this day. He wants the gospel preached throughout the nation and Coeur d'Alene and our world, and that takes money. Then it shall be, if by any means, any, any, any means forget, say that with me again, forget, the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day, you shall surely perish forgetting is a sign of like the lack of desperation when you're desperate for something you you don't forget it if you're doing a water fast which i'm not doing 
But if you're doing a water fast, all of a sudden you don't forget about food because you're hungry. Are you with me? You don't forget the things of God when you're hungry for Him and you're desperate for Him. One of the scariest places is a comfortable place. It is. And you set on your... Jeremiah talks about setting on your leeks, your dregs, wine setting on its leeks and dregs, and there's no change in you. I mean, it's very, very scary. It makes me nervous. We want to be a desperate people. Everyone say that with me, desperate? desperate. The motto of the church here, if you're new... By the way, if you're new today, I didn't get to see our guests. Would you wave at me real quick? Just, hey, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Our motto of of Heart of the City Church is to be a people after God's own heart. That's a desperate place. That's a hungry place. I want to talk to you about three points of desperation today. Three points of desperation. Point number one, desperate for God. That's that's a no-brainer. But I want to talk to you about being desperate for God in a two-way road. One is a seeking from your perspective and you seeking God, you speaking to God. And the other is from the Word perspective and God speaking to you. Prayer is not just about you shouting and praying to God. It's a two-way communication. One way you speaking and God speaking to you through His Word. I want to talk to you about that today. I need you to turn with me to 2 Chronicles. The first thing I want to talk to you about is your seeking you pressing into God, you seeking the, you sotting after God, you seeking after God. Second Chronicles 26, 1. I really, really beseech you, get down on my knees, beseech you, beg you to bring your Bibles to church. Okay? Because you need to follow these places. God wants you to see the Word. He wants you to, to be in the Word. He so much more wants to get the Word of God in you. Second Chronicles 26, 1. How many people here this morning do we have that are 16 years old? If you're 16 years old, I need you to raise your hand. 16, good. And now I need you to stand to your feet just for a moment. Just stand to your feet for a moment. Thank you. 16, good, good. Everyone take a good look at them for a moment. Upstairs, look upstairs. Got three upstairs, good. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I wanted you to see what a 16-year-old person looks like, how young, how young they are, how youthy they are. That's a word, right? It is now, bro. Second Chronicles 26.1, let's go. Now all the peoples of Judah took Uzziah. Took him, who was, come on, 16 years old. And they made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. They took a, a, a young man, Uzziah, at 16 years old, and they made him king instead of his, the father should have been the king. Maybe he was in his 30s or 40s. His name was Amaziah. They did not take Amaziah because he went after some false gods and, and so forth. I'm sure he did some good things. You'll see he did some things right, but they, they took the young man. If you're going to take somebody at 16 years old and make him king over your nation, you, you are seeing something in the character of this young man. 
You're seeing he's doing something right. He's, he, he's got some, uh, 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 some, uh, some great credibilities about him and, and, and great insight. And there's something to this 16 year old. If you're going to make him king over your nation, come on. There's something to this guy, 16 years old. The Bible says they took him and they made him king instead of his father. Look at verse 4. And he did what was right. This is Uzziah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all his father Amaziah had done. So we see that his father did some things right. He didn't do a lot of things right because he went after other gods. But we see that Uzziah did do right. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight. Say it with me. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight. Ha! He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right with sight. Ha! He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight. Ha! He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight. Ha! He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight. Ha! He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did what was right in the sight. Amen. Come on. Give Uzziah a hand. 16 years old. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. The nation saw this guy. Can you imagine? You got to be, what, 35 years old to be president of the United States, correct? 35? 16. 16. Nation. God's people. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And I want you to see the next scripture because this is what I really want to hit real good with you right now. If you look at verse 5. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought God, God made him prosper. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Seeking God, praying is a choice. It's conditional. It's a decision that we make. If my people, if my people will humble themselves and pray. It's conditional. There was almost 200 people that came together yesterday and we prayed out to God, prayed this morning, prayed last night. Come on. Praying is a choice. It was a decision that this 16-year-old man made. He was desperate. Can you imagine 16 years old? That brother was desperate for the, for, the, for the presence of God, for the wisdom of God, for the direction. I mean, he's the king of God's people. I need you, God. He cried out to God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord. How did he prosper, J.O.? You should, you should read the chapter. It's just amazing. The whole chapter. Uh, he became famous. He was a, you know, you're doing good in America if you're president for eight years, right? Yeah. At least you think you're doing good. That doesn't mean that you're doing I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You can do some crazy stuff the, the last four years if you get back in office, right? I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying, this guy was king for 52 
52 years. Thank you very much. 52 years. 52. 52 years he was a king. This guy had something going on. But I want to show you what happened. First of all, he prospered in war. He prospered in weapons of war, inventions. He prospered in fame and farming. He prospered in digging wells and livestock and building towers. I mean, you should read the chapter. It's beautiful. It's famous. But look what took place. Say this with me. Say, stay desperate, my friend. Verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up. When he got all full, and when he multiplied, and his people multiplied, and when his heart was lifted up, when he got undesperate, when he got unhungry, something happened. Look what took place. To his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense of the altar. He goes in there and he's like, I'm all that. I don't need no priest. And he starts to burn incense. And the priest says, no, you ain't. He gathers 80 other priests and like grabs, grabs this king and puts him out. The Bible says that the king got angry. Guess what happens to this man when he got angry in the temple with 80 priests on his back? Leprosy broke out. They run him out of the country. They ran him out of town, ran him to wherever lepers hung out at. And instead of this guy dying at six, how many of you know it's more important how you end the race? I don't care that you sign up for Iron Man. Can you finish it? Huh? Can you finish it? Can you finish it? Can, can you finish the Iron Man? Can you finish the Can you finish the mirror? Scott, can you finish the mirror? How many times you finished it? Nine times. Can you finish the Iron Man? Okay? So I'm not here to slam on you if you signed up. I ain't going to sign up for the Iron Man because I ain't going to finish the Iron Man. But if, you, if I was going to sign up, I probably died trying to finish the Iron Man. My point here is not, oh, I'm not, I got the money. I don't care you got the money. You got to finish the race. So it doesn't matter how he sought, sought God. He was famous, had inventions. It's, it matters how he finished the race. How did... It doesn't matter how we start 2015. How are you going to finish 2015? I don't care about your resolutions. How about revolution inside your heart? How about transformation inside your heart? Come on, look, look, let me tell you. Let me tell you what's on his tombstone. It could have been, brother was 16. He was a king for 52 years. He brought in inventions. That guy was famous. It was none of that. This is on his tombstone. Verse 23. He is a leper. Stay desperate, my friend. Stay desperate, my friend, in seeking Him. I guarantee you there was a change in his life when it came to his relationship with God 
and his seeking after God when his heart got lifted up and he became strong. That's a scary place when you think you got it all together. We are a beautiful mess and that's the way we want to stay. We're dependent upon God. God is close to the brokenhearted. Come on. Listen, church. I preach this today. Can we stay desperate in 2015? Come on, answer it from your own heart. Will you stay desperate for God in 2015? Not just in seeking Him, but also the Word. Two-way road, it's about you seeking God, but it's also about you hearing God. The greatest way that you can hear from God is through His Word. It's the sure way, okay? So the Word, I want to talk to you about the Word just for a moment. I was talking to that friend of mine, and he was like, J.O., I didn't start the Purple Book until a little later. He's three-quarters done with the Purple Book now. But he said, I didn't start it later because I wanted to finish reading the entire Bible. I'm like, yeah. So I texted him the other day. I said, hey, I never heard. Did you finish the, the whole Bible? He says, yeah, I finished it uh, at Thanksgiving. I'm like, I want you to look at Psalms 1 for a moment because, you know, I can only do so much in preaching. Our classes can only do so much. City groups can only do so much. There's a place where God wants you to be in His Word. Everyone say precious. I like Lord of the Rings. I've seen the three Lord of the Rings and I've seen the three hobbits, right? If that offends you, I, I don't care. And so there's one area that is just it just intrigues me and it's just it's just that little crazy looking character that's always like <laughs> i mean that brother is jacked up to the max <laughs> isn't he <laughs> it's distorted him can you imagine if we had that just a little bit of that desperation for the most precious thing that probably sits in your lap right now, the Word of God. It's the most famous book. It's the most sold book in the entire world, the Word of God. And let's have a hunger and a desperation. We precious. Don't mess with my Bible, baby. Huh? What? What if there was a desperation in our heart for that? Listen to Psalms 1. Blessed is the man. Oh, what a happy man. Whose walk is not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, or seated at the seat of scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. The first passage for all you young people is you need to watch out who you hang out with. Your friends will be your future. You got jacked up friends right now? You, you might have a jacked up few. You need to watch out who you're getting counseling from. I don't get counseling from just down the road or out of the newspaper. I get counseling from proven men and women of God. And it says, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. Do this with me right now. Spread out your branches. Come on, come on, go with me. Spread them out. Spread them out. Spread them out. Come on, feel awkward. It's okay. We're family. Shake them around. You're in the wind right now. Shh. Good. You can shake it all day, but it's not going to break. You're not going to get uprooted. Why? Because you're in the Word of God. Come on, it'd be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Bring it. Look, His fruit in season. I'm not talking about apples and pears and peaches.
teaches. I'm talking about godly fruit. I'm talking about eternal fruit. Man, I look at people's trees. I look at people's fruit to see what kind of life they have. I look at their children. I look at their relationship. I look at how they do life and how they treat their friends and how they do business and how you do your taxes. And if you tell the truth and if you're a man of character and I look at your fruit. You can guarantee you're gonna have good fruit if you're in the Word of God. I'm telling you, if you're planted in the Word and you're meditating upon the Word of God, you're gonna have good fruit. Look what else it says. Whose leaf also shall not wither. You know, all the trees around here, most of the leaves are off because of the, the change in season. But when you're in the Word of God, you're not, when you get older, your little leaves are not going to fall off. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be strong, I believe. With all my heart, your leaves are going to stick with you. And it says this, and whatever He does, whatever you do, whatever ministry, whatever you do in life, you will, look, prosper. Why? because you've been meditating upon the word. Then godly or not so, but like the chaff. Look what it says. Where are we at? But are like the chaff which, which the wind drives away. I, I roast coffee. And in my garage, I just like to roast coffee. I'm kind of a, a coffee. Huh? I like the smell, yeah? Snob Oh, snob? Yeah, I'm a coffee snob. Yeah, don't give me no some. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a coffee snob. I'm roasting right now. I think Colombian coffee is it's so cool. And what I learned is that I learned really quickly about chaff. Man, you want to see chaff just roast coffee beans. You put the coffee beans in there, they roast, and you open the door after it's cooled, and chaff just blows. I mean, I'm telling you, chaff blows everywhere i don't even know where it goes really i vacuum some of it up and blow some of it it just disappears it's good for nothing it just gets in my way sometimes it catches on fire guy like my coffee kind of dark you know what i'm saying and i'm just letting you chaff man to the person that's not in the word of god and meditating on the word of god come on you don't want to be chaff just being blown away by this world. But are like the chaff which wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Come on. Get in the word. Amen. Desperate to seek his face. Desperate to hear from his word, his voice. Through the meditating of God's word. Amen. Number two, I'm not going to get to all of them today, and that's okay. Desperate for community. The first one, desperate for God. God, God desires to bring a relationship with you. He desires to have an amazing relationship with you. But it's not just about relationship with God. It's about a relationship with one another. He wants you to be in fellowship, koinia, a, a relationship, community, passionate absolutely desperate for community city groups is a way that we set things up around here for people to to connect where everyone knows your name everyone's glad you came cheers without the beers now you need to memorize that with me okay that's a that's a uh, you you need to know when i say city groups what, what i'm talking about where everyone knows your name everyone's glad you came cheers without the beers amen city groups they connect all over the place. 
They connect in a beautiful fashion. Some of them are purple groups. But it's about relationship. Look at this, look at this scripture right here. Psalms 133. Behold how good. How, say that with me. Good. Man, it's good. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Dwell, say that with me. Dwell. I need you to fill that word right there. Let me finish the scripture. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, look what the Lord does where there's unity. Look what he does. He does two things. It's beautiful. Look what he does. The Lord commands a blessing, life, forevermore you was not made to do life alone you was not made just to be me it's me it's just me and god jeremiah johnson type of mindset no you're you're made to be in relationship with god and he has a bride called the body of christ the church be very 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 weary of ever speaking evil about the church and hanging out with people that do why? Because the church, that's like you saying something bad about my wife, Radine. I'm like, I'm going to take my jacket off and we can go. Because <laughs> God is his, the church is his bride. That's his wife. And yeah, we're a beautiful mess, but don't mess with her. Amen? So it talks about how beautiful it is for it to dwell together. Look at the word dwell for a minute because I... Man, I got way too much notes today. Say this with me, dwell. You know what dwell means? It means to set. It means sit down. Tell your neighbor right now, sit down. Quit, quit, quit going ever. Sit down. 5,000 people were following Jesus everywhere he went, through the desert. Why would 5,000 people be following Jesus as a disciple? I'm going to tell you why. Because they were desperate. And then all of a sudden, they're out there, there's no food. Jesus looked at his disciples and says, you give them something to eat. Let me read this for a minute. It's, it's, it's beautiful. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we only have five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me, and I want you to see this principle that Jesus did. He commanded the multitudes to sit down. He wouldn't feed them till they sat down. And he set them on the grass. He took the five loaves and two fish, looking up into heaven. He blessed them and broke them and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave it to the multitudes. I find that people want relationship. They want uh, to be in community. They want, they want uh, fellowship, but sometimes they don't want to sit down. They don't know how to do relationship. I tell everyone, if you want to make a friend, first, you've got to be friendly. That's biblical. But four things go with relationships. Time, talk, treasure, touch. If you're going to have a relationship with someone, you've got to talk to them. You got to have spend time. You want a better relationship with your wife? Talk with them. Spend time with them. Treasures where your treasure is, also your heart will be. Buy them gifts. It could be Starbucks. It could be a small gift, but it's gifts and a a a, a healthy touch. The Bible's full of in the New Testament. Greet each other with a holy kiss. They're constantly touch. Now, don't take this the wrong way, young people. 
pastor told me to touch you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everyone say a healthy touch. Healthy, healthy t- don't get all weird on me. For radio people, don't get all weird on me. Okay? It's a healthy touch. There's some people that need to break off relationships sometimes. They need to break them off. You, you know how you break off a relationship? No time, no talk, no touch, no treasures. You cut it off. You, you're in some kind of weird, jacked up, codependent, weird relationship that's ungodly. Stop talking. Stop spending time. Stop touching. No treasures, okay? The opposite works. I had someone texting me like, oh, I'm just in love with this woman, but you know, she's running around on me. And I'm like, hey, 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 hey. No talk, no time, no touch, no trust. But I feel like I just feel. Hey, those feelings will go away. You cut off the time, the treasures, the touch, the talk. That, that, it will depart. Give us some time. It will depart. So you need, you need to know that in relationship. But listen, desperate for God. Desperate for community. My last one that I can't go in today is this one. Desperate for reaching. We want to have this going on right here. This relationship in 2015. You want to be desperate for God. Come on, come on. Stay desperate, my friend. Tell your neighbor right now. Stay desperate, my friend. Come on, tell your other neighbor. Tell it, stay desperate, my friend. Come on, 2015. We're marked to stay desperate and hungry for the presence of God. Why are we fasting right now? Why are we doing seek week? Why do we have the sound coming up? We're desperate for the presence and the voice of God. And where do you want to take us, God? We want to be led by the, the cloud and the day and the fire by night. Holy Spirit, have your way. Fill us. Come on. Lead us, Holy Spirit. Desperate, my friend. The other is desperate for community, relationship with one another. And the third one, desperate to reach. We do this. We do this, and then we reach those who are lost, that so need Jesus Christ. Don't get used to being within these four walls. That's crazy. People are dying, going to hell in a handbasket. And the answer is, listen, you. You're You're the light of the world. Amen? God wants to use me and you in reaching our city and our community, even our world. We had two missionaries here last night. It was wonderful. Missionaries, check this out. Iraq. Come on, come on. There are missionaries that we support as a church. Wonderful couple. Bobby Carmody's mom and dad. Kevin and Tammy Carmody. So cool. But you know what? We want to reach Iraq, but we also want to reach 95 and Hayden, and Athel, and the surrounding area. Amen? Our friends, our family. Let's stand to our feet. I'm out of time.